Every week, every day, there are discoveries that will shape our future. The Research Beat, brought to you by Audemic, speaks to the unsung heroes of groundbreaking research and those laying the foundations for the advances of tomorrow. Why? Because we believe the more we discover, the more we connect the dots, the more we push our understanding of the world forward. One, two, three, four. Hello, curious minds, and a very warm welcome to The Research Beat with me, your host, Jordan Krasinski. Today's guest, I'm happy to say, is Kate Gardner, co-founder of Scientify Research. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jordan. Scientify Research is a cracking platform for researchers. And Kate, let's kick off this interview. I'm going to ask you quite simply, what does Scientify Research do? Scientify Research... We are a research funding database. So what we do is we provide researchers with research funding information. Um, we built this database with aggregated research funding information from different funders uh, so that researchers can quickly assess if a research funding opportunity is relevant for them. And we have a free and open version. And we also, what we do is we list global funding opportunities across all disciplines and from various funding sources as well. So we have you know, funding opportunities listed from government funders, foundations, societies, um, even innovation funding. So we'll get into why this is so important, why the database is so useful and helpful a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But first of all, could you tell us how does it work? So if I'm a researcher, I'm looking for funding for one of my projects, how would I find what I'm looking for with Scientify Research? Well, I think with Scientify Research, it's, it's really easy to find funding. So anyone can go online and find our database. Um, we actually get a lot of organic traffic from internet searches because this is how people look for information. Um, and we think it's obviously much easier to have all of the funding information in one place. You know, this, this funding information from different funders aggregated in one database with accurate information about deadlines and eligibility criteria. Um, so for researchers, rather than reading through information on each funder's site, you know, they can come to our database. We have an open version. So any researcher can come and look at our database and search with keywords through our database to find funding information. Uh, we also have a freemium version, so researchers can come to our database and create a free account and access more information about each funding opportunity listed. Um, so with the freemium version, researchers can look, they can search by career stage, by their research, by their location where they're doing their research, and they can search by subject area. And it's also free to search our database for diversity funding. So we have funding for female researchers, minority researchers, and researchers at risk. We also have, we've just launched our premium version of our database that has more functionality and eight additional filtering options if people want to have a really refined search. So yeah, I think, you know, I think what's great about our database is that there's an open version and it's just really easy for people to come and discover funding information on our database. And there are some really interesting and practical parameters there that you just mentioned. You can really narrow down 
the search, depending on what you're looking for. And it's really important, isn't it, for researchers to have access to, to one big database that includes all of these opportunities? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think because, you know, the the typical researcher may have five or six funding mechanisms that they that come to mind and that they apply for every year. But I think what's great is for researchers to have a place to come and easily browse through other funding options and perhaps find funding options that are more relevant or, you know, that may be you know, more likely for them to to get the funding. Visibility is actually a big issue, which we'll talk talk about in more detail a, a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Tell us, Kate, how did the company get started? Yeah, uh, that's a fun question. So <laughs> <laughs> Judy is the founder of, Judy Milk is the founder of Scientify Research. And Judy and I both have uh, backgrounds in academic publishing. Uh, so initially... Judy worked in immunology. She was a researcher, did her PhD in Australia, a postdoc in the US at NIH, and then she she moved to Europe and started a career in academic publishing. Um, Judy and I met when we were working together at a a publisher in Switzerland, and we really enjoyed working with each other, building journals together, building editorial boards. Um, And, you know, my background actually is in child development and psychology. So in a previous life, I was working with hospitalized children. That was my work uh, in the US. And then I moved to Switzerland and you know, started a, a second career in academic publishing and really just loved it. I worked for eight years in publishing. And then you know, Judy, Judy went on to work at another publisher. I moved back to the US to open a, a US office for this publisher. And then you know, over time, Judy and I, we, we kept in touch. Um, and, you know, a couple of years ago, she told me that she was planning to, to start her own company. Um, and this is how it came about. She, she started the company in 2021 and she's based in Stockholm. So the company is established in Sweden. And, you know, I think how it came about really is just over the years of working with researchers, we recognized that there's a problem with how how much time is lost when researchers are searching for funding and applying for funding. And we wanted to, you know, this was Judy's idea, was to solve um, all of the, the issues where there's a time suck for researchers. So this is, this is how it, it came to be. And then I joined Judy about a year ago, uh, almost exactly a year ago as her co-founder. It's a really nice story. And just something you mentioned there about a time suck for researchers. I, I think that's so important because when you're doing research, there are so many different tracks that you need to have going on simultaneously in your mind. So many things that you need to take care of. So really anything that can help you to make one of those things quicker, more efficient is an actually an enormous help on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I agree. Thanks. So Kate, a bit more broadly, why is it so important that researchers have access to a database like this? I think, I think it's important because, well, right now, the way researchers think about funding information is, is probably not the best way to go about it. I mean, th- that's a stereotype. But I think, you know, most researchers that I spoke with, and last year I did many interviews just to understand the process uh, for researchers, I think they're not 
casting a wide enough net to think about all of the funding that they're suited for. And I think that, you know, um, many researchers don't even know that their university has access to uh, other databases because they're, you know, essentially paywalled. Um, they require a login and that's not how re researchers go about looking for information. So, you know, I think the open version makes it really easy. And I think that there are also people doing research um, where they they may not have, not every university has access to funding databases. Um, so I think it's important for us to, to bring this database to everybody. So everybody has a chance to look for research funding globally. Because there's a lot of funding that exists that's available to researchers globally and, and researchers don't necessarily know about all of their options. Very true, I think. And in any sort of element of research to have that one big database or that one big resource where you can access everything you need is really helpful yeah. and it saves a lot of time. <laughs> That's the hope. <laughs> so Kate, what kind of feedback have you had from researchers so far? Well, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. I I'm just, it's always exciting to see, you know, on Twitter when somebody, somebody we don't even know posts, this is amazing. Have you seen this? Have you seen this curated list of, of, you know, immunology funding opportunities <laughs> or, you know, wow, this is, I can't believe this is, you know, there's an, an open version like this. This is amazing. Um, the feedback is, is really what motivates me. Every time I, I hear from someone who says, you know, I actually had a call with someone from a research office last, last week, and she said to me, your research database is the, it's just the answer, <laughs> the solution I've been looking for for years. And when I hear that, I just, I, I'm so motivated to, to keep working on this and, and, you know, making it even better for, for the research community. It must be really nice, really reassuring and inspiring to know that what you are doing is actually having a, a genuine effect and providing genuine assistance to the lives of researchers. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So Kate, we turn to burning issues where we talk about those academic issues that are really setting you on fire. And you've chosen a couple of things to talk to us about. The first one is hyper-competition when it comes to funding opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is, this is one of the main issues that we, we think about quite often. And it's, it's an issue that we hope to solve with our, with our database. So the issue is there are many funders, research funders that are very well known. And you have thousands upon thousands of researchers applying for maybe just a dozen um, or so grants that are mm. given out every year. And then what we see is there are, there are many other funders that have great funding opportunities and not as many people know about these opportunities. And in some cases, you know, some funders have to extend their deadlines to get more qualified applicants. Um, well. And I think, I think this is a big problem because you know, not all funders have the budget or the capacity to, you know, to market <laughs> their funding opportunities. And mm. it's often been just word of mouth. That's how people, that's how researchers come to know about funding for the most part. That's, you know, when I asked every researcher, you know, and we did surveys last year, the number one 
um, way people find funding is word of mouth, um, which is in a way surprising when we've, you know, we've had the internet and, you know, people are not necessarily always going to the internet to look for funding. They're, you know, they're applying for the the grant that their PI told them to apply for, um, which may be great in, in many cases, you know, obviously researchers know their, their field and they know, they know of the most, you know, prominent funders in their field and, and where they would like to get funding from. Um, but I think researchers should really think about, you know, and especially in cases where you, they keep applying and applying and getting rejected year after year, I think they should <clears throat> consider other other funders, you know, and there, there are funders where it's, you know, much more likely to get funding and could be a better fit as well. Yeah. It's amazing, actually, that some of these organizations need to extend their deadline because you would expect, I think any of our listeners would expect that if you're offering funding to researchers, it wouldn't necessarily be hard work to get the researchers to come and take the money. <laughs> but the fact that they're having some issues because then people don't know about them, they can't find them. That's really incredible. Yeah, it's it's a big issue. And actually, we've been hearing as our database has attracted more attention and, you know, more traffic. Uh, we've been hearing from funders and they reach out to us and, you know, they thank us for having their funding opportunity in our database uh, mm. because they're getting more applicants, more qualified applicants. There are many funders that have these open, you know, global calls and they're only getting applicants from the country where they're based. And I think a lot of funders right now that I've spoken with have have told me that they're looking to uh, increase the diversity in their, you know, in the researchers that they're funding. And, mm. you know, the only way to do that is to bring visibility, global v visibility to their opportunities. And that's something that that we help with. And the second issue there you've just mentioned it is visibility of funding. So this is this is also quite a significant issue, right? Uh, I think so. And obviously, you know, it's, it's varied. Some funders have great visibility, you know, mm. they've, they're well established, people talk about the funding, um, you know, and, and there are other funders that, you know, maybe it's a new foundation, or, you know, it's, it's lesser known, maybe only uh, people in the country where that funder is based, maybe they primarily are the are the applicants, even though they have these opportunities that are open globally. And I think the visibility piece is really, it's really important to have an open version um, of, of a database. And that's what we do. We bring visibility to the funders and the calls and also the, you know, the, the accurate information that people need. Because so many researchers, you know, I think one of the other <laughs> burning issues is the way researchers track the funding information and everyone has their own system and sometimes that might work, sometimes not. I think what we often see is in in certain disciplines, people circulate, uh, you know, Google Docs or Excel files of funding mm -hmm. information, and it's a long list, uh, and it has great information, but it doesn't always tell you immediately, you know, what's open right now, what can I apply for right now, um, and you know, a, a static spreadsheet is not going to send you an email to notify you when a new call is open. And that's something we have as well. You know, we have the option for researchers to come and sign up for grant alerts. 
to put in, you know, the keywords, the information, the type of funding they're they're looking for, and then we trigger an email to them every time a a new opportunity is is posted and the call is open. So they get timely information, you know, reminders. And I think that's what that's what people need, you know, and and I think what we have with the data structuring that we have really gives researchers a very quick and easy look at each opportunity to see if it's relevant for them. You know, when you when you look at a funding call, it's not always so obvious if it's relevant for you. But if you have an easy way to see, you know, the the information, like which which discipline is it open for, which career stage am I am I eligible based on, you know, where I'm the country I'm working or my citizenship. These are, you know, parameters that people need to see quickly and it all in one place. This question of visibility is is so interesting and remarkable because many of our previous guests have spoken, of course, about the difficulty of finding research, of finding funding for their research. And there may be many more opportunities than, than researchers realise. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of being able to see them and knowing that they exist. Yeah, I think so. You know, um, for example, if you look at uh, cancer research, you know, you're looking at over 4,000 oncology research funders. You know, I, I don't think anyone could <laughs> think, you know, at the top of their head, think of the 4,000 funders that are out there. Um, and yeah, I think that the visibility and the, the access to all of the information is is incredibly important. One, two, three, four. The Research Beat is brought to you by the Audemic app, a platform for students and researchers which allows you to listen to academic articles and take notes easily. On the go and simple to share. Now it's time for the cutting edge where we turn to the future of your field and see what's coming down the road. Kate, we're going to be talking about AI integration, which is a very discussed subject at the moment. And we want to know how Scientify Research is going to be making use of AI integration in the future. Yeah, good question. Uh, This is the question everyone has right now, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. I think for, for us, AI integration is is really a logical extension of what we do now. And it's definitely on the roadmap of development for us. Um, I think the other piece that's important is we're, we're also very conscious that any AI that we integrate or develop must be ethical and add real value to the researchers' workflows um, and expertise rather, rather than distract from it. So we want to be very thoughtful about how we approach AI integration, but it's it's definitely something we're talking about. You know, our we're working on some plans right now with our with our data scientist who works with us and thinking about the the best way forward. So, so are there any sort of specific ways you can let us know about which you you hope to in, mm-hmm. you hope to integrate the AI, maybe to make a, a an easier user experience or something like this? Yeah, I think, you know, the first thought that we have is, is there a a better way for researchers to, you know, with AI, can we find best matched funding faster? Mm -hmm. Um, And there are a number of ways you could go about doing that, whether it's, you know, looking at 
you know, the, the discipline or the information that the researcher inputs and, you know, looking at, you know, who are the other researchers working in that area or people who've received funding. You know, there's a lot of information about funders and their, you know, the details of their calls. And I think that AI could help with with the matching, you know, so a researcher doesn't even <laughs> have to go and necessarily use all of the filters. Maybe AI could come in as, as an assist and help them, you know, just see what what's best suited immediately. So. It's a nice idea there. And I think a practical example of how AI can actually be of assistance, because it's in some senses, it's a little bit like looking for a house or a property. If you were searching for a property in a particular region, you would say, well, I want to live there and this is my price range. And you're going to receive recommendations and options based on that. Actually, it's very similar for researchers looking for funding. You know, they have their parameters. This is my subject. This is the amount of money I'm looking for. This is where I want to be. And if you can get them, if you can get very specific results to them, well, they could, you know, they could see within a matter of days exactly the opportunity they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, the other the other piece with this is, you know, yes, AI could help with matching, you know, the, the suitable funding. Um, but there's also something that, you know, researchers should really consider is that there are a number of funders that actually have very open calls. They give out funding mm-hmm. to researchers across all disciplines, you know, or many disciplines. So I think researchers should also think about that. But, and this is something that we, we think about, you know, and it's why we've developed several curated lists to help guide researchers with finding funding. So we have, we have what's called an all disciplines funding list that we've curated. And it includes all of the research funders uh, in our database that have these very open-ended calls. Mm -hmm. And I think that researchers need to think about that as well. Um, So we'll have to think about how, yeah, how AI integration could be involved there as well. Um, But I I think there's a lot that we could do. And of course, this is, this is something that our, our data scientists is is dreaming of right now and working on the plans (laughs) for this. So (laughs) yeah. It's good to hear. And I think even, I think you're opening eyes even just by saying this in this interview, because I think most, I think a lot of researchers wouldn't know that there are organizations giving funding across the board to so many different subjects. You you would expect, because things tend to get more specific as you go up the ladder in academia, you would expect funding to follow suit, but it's not necessarily true. And, and again, it, it's a question of visibility. If you don't know these opportunities exist, you might just, you might overlook them completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely something that we recommend. And every time we, you know, host a webinar about how to search for funding or anytime we're in discussion with researchers, we remind them of this all disciplines list. Because, I mean, you'd be surprised how many researchers will, when they're searching for funding, put in very specific keywords. Mm. You know, and and even if, if, uh, if a funder is offering funding for a specific discipline, the call is not necessarily going to have the keywords that are associated with their particular, you know, focus within that discipline. So I think researchers need to approach the funding search in different ways. So yes, it could help doing a a very focused search, but then also thinking about opening up that search to 
to these funders that have very open calls. So, Kate, we want to wrap up this interview with a few final questions for you. And the first is, what are your hopes for the growth of the database and of the company in general? Mm. I like that question. I think the hope for us really is that we become the leading resource for any researcher in the world uh, or anyone, really, whether it's a researcher or a research office or anyone supporting researchers with looking for funding we would really like to be the the go-to resource for that search. Um, We want to make it very easy for researchers. We want to save them time. And, you know, anywhere where we can help researchers save time with this beginning piece of the research lifecycle is what we're after. Um, And I think long-term, we would also like to think about other ways that we could contribute to saving researchers time. Um, and so we're thinking of, of other spaces where we could help by providing um, either a service or directing researchers to services that could help them with um, all stages of the research life cycle. So what we're really motivated by is by helping researchers save time. Because I think you know, if you talk to anyone doing research right now, they're really frustrated with how much, how much time is spent with uh, paperwork, bureaucracy, yeah. all of these things. And I think we have a lot of um, solutions that are available and we haven't made best use of them. And that's, that's something we'd like to focus on. I love the fact that it's practicality at every stage, that you're really focused on, on how you can just help researchers. As, as you keep going forward. I think that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, after you work in, if you work in academic publishing, you're really, you, you see this because you're in conversation constantly with researchers mm. and, and they always have, you know, it's amazing what they share with you. And, and that's, that's what we, we could see that there's where there are problems. And I think it's something that researchers are, everyone's talking about right now. Um, and we, we really want to be um, providing these solutions to really help researchers so they can focus their time on the, on the research and not <laughs> all of the, the details surrounding it. We really need solutions to all of the problems you know, that we're faced with today. And anything we can do to, to save them time, we're, we would like to work on that. And Kate, if any of our listeners want to go and check out Scientify Research, all they have to do is search for it and exactly. they'll find it very, very easily. <laughs> um, how can our listeners reach you if they'd like to learn more about what you do and, and, your, and your path towards the position you're in now? Yeah, um, Anyone is welcome to reach out to me. My email address is kate at scientifyresearch.org. Um, or you can, of course, go to our website and it's easy there to contact us if you'd like to, you know, contact us more generally. We're happy to speak with anybody who's interested in what we're doing um, or if our listeners have ideas of, you know, ways that we can improve our services, we would love to hear from people. Kate, thank you so much. We here at the Research Beat, we love to share with our listeners practical things 
things that can really be of assistance to them in their research work. And I think today you've opened a lot of eyes and a lot of ears to some really amazing funding opportunities that are out there waiting for you if you're looking for them. So, Kate, thank you so much for a really fascinating interview. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan. Yeah, there's, you know, there's about 1.7 trillion uh, US dollars spent every year on research. So the funding's out there. And yes, I, I hope that we we can help researchers globally find funding faster. That's That's really the goal here. Incredible. And with that, we say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. One, two, three, four. To discover more of the research you love, listen to academic papers, take notes and share. Sign up for your free trial of Audemic at audemic.io or follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram.